What's going on, Z community? Welcome to the Personal Finance in Canada show. This is your host, Tamara Aziz, and today we're going to be talking about how you can increase your credit score if you're experienced. Now, a couple of episodes ago, we did mention how to increase your credit score for beginners, but today we're going to be focused on more of the experienced people. And when I talk about experienced people, I'm speaking about people who have more than about five years and up to 10 years or more in the credit game. So what we're going to be doing is analyzing each credit score factor and how you could use each one to actually help increase your credit score. Now, keep in mind, before you do anything, you need to make sure that you're consulting with a financial professional because I'm just a nice guy on the Internet who's sharing my experiences of how I've increased my credit score in the past. Now, let's get on with it. As long as you understand this, you can continue with the rest of the episode. Now, the first factor that we'll look at is the payment history. Now, payment history has the largest impact on your credit score, which makes up 35% of your FICO score and 40% of your Vantage score. So what I'm trying to tell you is that you need to make sure that you have this factor nailed down. Now, to use this factor into your strategy, it's pretty straightforward because all you need to do is just make your payments on time without any excuses. Now, because if you're listening to this and you've been in the credit game for a while, if you have been making your payments on time consistently for all of these years, you should really expect subtle increases from time to time with continuing this habit. But if you miss one payment, expect to see a huge dip in your credit score. Now, there isn't really anything more to talk about this factor other than the fact that it's all in your control. So be sure that you're staying on your A game when it comes down to your payment history. Well, actually, if you ever find yourself in a sticky situation where you won't be able to make your payments on time, you can actually make the minimum payment, which will still make it seem that you have a good payment history, but it can mess up with other factors in your score, such as the utilization rate. Speaking of the utilization rate, this makes up 30% of your FICO score and 20% of your Vantage score. And your utilization rate is basically how much you owe divided by your total combined credit limit. If you'd like more clarification on the utilization rate, check out our past episodes where we actually break this factor down to a T. But using the credit utilization within your strategy, your goal is to get your utilization rate as low as possible. Ideally, you want this to be at 0%, which means that you've paid off everything that you owe. And very similar to the payment history, this is when you have to make sure that all of your payments are paid in full by your due date to make sure that your utilization is within the excellent range. But unlike the payment history, making the minimum payments on your loans are not going to save you whatsoever because the balance that you owe is still going to show up when you're calculating your credit utilization. So because emergencies happen, if you're ever in a situation where you cannot make a full payment, try to stick anywhere between 0 and 9%. If you're still in a sticky situation and it's not practical for you to get 0 to 9%, my personal suggestion from experience is to look into new lines of credit, such as a home equity line of credit. Now, I say this because opening a new line of credit will add to your total available credit, which will decrease your utilization rate. And that's what we're trying to aim for here. This is exactly what you want, because even if you can't make that full payment, but you still manage to get your utilization rate below 9%, you'll actually be in the clear for this factor, and it'll look a lot better than if you had anything higher than 9%. Let's look at an example where you owe $1,000 and you have credit cards and a line of credit that total up to $9,000. 
to calculate your utilization rate, you would take that 1,000 and divide it by 9,000. To calculate your utilization rate, you would take this 1,000 that you owe and divide it by the 9,000 total credit limit that you can ever use. This gives you a utilization rate of 11%. Now, keep in mind that this 11% is obviously higher than 9%, and this isn't a good thing whatsoever. So to fix this, let's just say that you apply and get approved for a $2,000 credit card. You'll still hopefully owe the $1,000 by then and hasn't increased by that. Now, hopefully by then you haven't increased your debt more than that $1,000. But rather than dividing this by $9,000, you would now divide it by $11,000. This is because $9,000 plus $2,000 is $11,000. Doing the math on this where we take the $1,000 and divide it by $11,000, you've just decreased your utilization rate to 9%. Now, keep in mind, now the caveat to this is that if you decide to open up a new credit type to decrease your utilization, you should be aware that this is going to affect the other factors that we're going to talk about. One of the factors that this is going to affect is your new credit. Now, new credit makes up 10% of your FICO score and 5% of your Vantage score. And as bad as this sounds, you may actually see your credit score fall after opening a new line of credit. Especially if you're doing this to make sure that your payment history and utilization rate don't get messed up, you need to ask yourself if you are okay with risking anywhere between 5 and 10% for a maximum of 65%. Let's try to sync this in with an example. Now, Z community, are you finding value from this episode so far? If you are, be sure that you're sharing this with a friend and a family member. And based on what platform you're listening from, be sure you're following and subscribed to the podcast. Let's just say you open up a new line of credit for $10,000, which should bring you down your utilization rate big time. Now, this will take a hit of 5 to 10% of your credit score because you're opening up a new line of credit. But by doing this, you'd actually be saving a maximum of 30% from your entire score. If this still doesn't sound appealing to you, you can then make the minimum payment on the balance that you owe which will save you another 35 to 40% because that's how much your payment history makes up for your credit score as well. Now, Z community, if you're finding value in this episode so far, be sure that you're sharing this with a friend or a family member to also show them that they could also get. Now, let's look into the other factor, which is credit age and mix. Now, in the FICO score, both the credit age and the credit mix are separated with 15% and 10% respectively. But in the Vantage score, both of these are combined to make up 21% of your score. Now, again, as we've talked about in past episodes for a refresher, credit age is the average age of your entire credit file. It's calculated by adding up all the ages of the different types of credit that you have, and then it's divided by how many different types of credit that you have in total. Credit mix, on the other hand, is pretty straightforward. It's just the more types of credit you have, the better it looks on you. If you still want more refreshers on this, check out the past episodes where we actually break these factors down to the T. Now, considering that you've been in the credit game for a while now, playing around with these two factors could be pretty risky, especially if you're the type of person who only likes to have three types of credit over the course of 15 years. Now, if you're in this type of situation, you might want to give this a second, a third, and even a fourth thought before going into this. And this is why I always advocate for asking a financial professional before going through with any of your financial decisions. Now, first things first, I want you to pay attention to each of these types of credit lines that you can open. 
credit cards, mortgages, lines of credit, student loans, car loans, furniture purchases, internet bills, utility bills, rent, and cell phone bills. Now, if there are one of these that you don't have other than car loans, student loans, and furniture purchases, you should really consider opening up that type of credit. This is because by opening up a new type of credit that you don't already have, lending companies will actually look at this pretty positively. This is because it gives them a much better idea on your borrowing habits. Rather than just looking at the credit card repayment behavior, they can have a line of credit that they can also refer to as well. Now, the tricky part here is how it will affect your credit age, or as some people like to call it, your credit history. Now, no matter what the situation is, your credit age will always decrease when you're opening up a new type of credit, which will in turn decrease your credit score. Again, it's really situational because for one person, they might see their credit age decrease by eight years, whereas somebody else might only see it decrease by six months. Let's take the same example that we did from episode 34 so that you kind of see what I'm trying to say. Let's just take person A, who only has one credit card, and person B, who has five credit cards. If person A only had his credit card for seven years, the calculation is pretty simple because you just divide seven by one, which gives you seven years. Person B, on the other hand, who has the five credit cards, has had each of them for nine years, seven, five, three, and two years respectively. Adding this amount up, you get 26 years. And because person B has five different credit cards, you would then divide 26 years by five different credit types. This gives you 5.2 years, which already looks pretty bad right now because there's a two-year difference. But let's consider this. Now, because everybody wants to end up buying a house one day, you're going to have to take out a mortgage. Now, Z community, are you finding value from this episode so far? If you are, be sure that you're sharing this with a friend and a family member. And based on what platform you're listening from, be sure you're following and subscribed to the podcast. Now, for person A, you would just be adding one year's worth of the mortgage on top of the seven years for the credit card that he already has. Doing the math on this, you end up having eight years. Now, because person A has now upped his game to two different types of credit, you would now divide eight years by two different types of credit. This now gives person A a credit age of four years. Now, for person B, it's the exact same 26 that we've calculated before. But in this case, we're just adding the one year from the new mortgage that he just got. And now because person B has also upped his game from five different types of credit to six different types of credit, we would now divide 27 years by six different types of credit. This now gives person B a credit age of 4.5 years. Now, when we compare the difference between person A and person B, person A's credit age dropped by a full three years, and person B's credit age only dropped by 0.7 years. Now, at the end of the day, person B is the one laughing at person A because not only do they have a higher credit age than person A, but they're more resistant to changes within their credit types. If you need to replay this example again, please do so that you could actually understand how this credit score factor really works because it is very important. All right, last but not least, balances and available credit. Now, these are both separate factors when it comes down to the Vantage score, but I combine them together because they both kind of affect each other. Now, these factors are very special because they're only considered in your Vantage score and not within your FICO score. 
But don't let the percentage and the fact that they're not on the FICO score fool you because you could actually combine these with other factors. So pay attention. Balances will actually show lenders how much you owe and available credit shows lenders how much you have left to borrow. For example, if you can borrow $10 from me at any time, but you only decide to borrow two, your balance will be $2 and your available credit will be $8 because 10 minus two is eight. Now, there isn't really much that you can do to directly affect these factors other than fixing up the other factors that we just talked about, including payment history and credit utilization. And keep in mind, very similarly to the credit utilization, a minimum payment will not save you in terms of this factor. This will actually negatively affect your balances and your available credit. Now, Z community, if you found value in this episode, please be sure to share this with a friend or a family member so you could also share this value with them as well. And based on which platform you're listening from, be sure that you're following and subscribe to the podcast. Anyway, Z community, thank you for listening to the Personal Finance in Canada show. This is your host, Tamara Aziz, signing out. Peace.